Hi, this is Real Men, unscripted with Derek and Jerry. We hope you enjoy this podcast. All right, welcome back to Real Men Unscripted with Derek. And Jerry's off to the side. He's uh, <laughs> recording because we have a guest. It's really hard to get three people up here, as you can tell. Uh, so Jerry's uh, looking at me, and so he says hello. Um, but I'm super excited because I got my brother from another mother here. This uh, We're going to do a two-part episode. And I'm with my brother, uh, Domingo Lucero. Hey, how's everybody doing? Hope everybody's doing good out there. So Domingo and I met probably uh, about two years ago, right? Yeah, two and a half. At a, uh, it would be a first responders uh, men's group. And uh, he'll tell you the prior, we're... It's a military group, first responders group, so mostly law enforcement, firefighters, and uh, veterans or current uh, military for our Hope Church. And um, so that's how we met. And uh, I would say we hit it off like... Yeah, right away. Right away. Even though you're a Steelers fan. Yeah, and he's a Cowboys (laughs) fan. So he doesn't know what a Super Bowl is like. um, Super Bowl is what I eat my cereal in. Yeah. So uh, then he ended up coming to uh, my men's group, and he's still coming. And then we still meet on the veterans group with a few other guys. And uh, so I asked him to be a guest on here to tell us about his uh, law enforcement experience. And um, so, yeah, so we're going to, this is going to be another two-parter. So this will be uh, part one will be today, and then we'll do... uh, part two. So, um, so tell all our 16 YouTube listeners. No, uh, <laughs> we might be up more. I have to ask Jerry what 20, our numbers are. There's going to be 20 after today. Yeah. Yeah. So my, uh, my four family members better tune in. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Um, so <laughs> tell the audience about yourself. Oh, let's see. Um, well, I'm originally I'm from Southern California. I uh, was born in, uh, Inglewood. Uh, stayed there for high school. Then I joined the military, joined the army, and I wanted to get as far away from California as possible. So I went to Fort Drum, New York. And when, when they greeted us over there, they showed us a map of the base, right? So you know how the front part of it is all green and mountainous and all this. And we're like, oh, all right, cool. There's a lot of mountains, greenery. And they're like, flip it over. And they're like, this is Fort Drum in the winter. And the back is all white. Uh. And I'm like, oh, I'm from Southern California. I don't you didn't think, know what snow yeah, was. Yeah, I didn't know what snow was. I didn't know anything about snow. <laughs> but um, yeah, stayed there for four years. I loved every minute of it. Um, met some brothers there, brothers in Christ as well, um, who we still keep in contact, which I just came back from San Diego from visiting them. So, I mean, that was, that was awesome. Um, yeah, and then after the military got, uh, got out, um, came straight to uh, Nevada because they were testing for Metro, Las Vegas Metro Police. So, did that. So how old were you when you started uh, at the Met, uh, Metro Police? It was in 97, so I was born in 71. What does that make it? 26? Great. <laughs> Quick math. No, I'm 26 math years old. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a little bit on the older side. There was a lot of uh, younger guys there, but, you know, 
you serve in the military, you got a little bit of head start on your physical conditioning, your maturity. So, you know, did the academy and then I did 25 years on, on the force, just retired a couple of years ago. Like my brother, Jerry, retirees in arm in arm. <laughs> yeah, but he's back to work now. When Is he really? Oh you come my back goodness, Jerry. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's back working, you know. Uh, he, and you're still retired. Yes, I'm going to stay you're retired. You're not doing nothing. Nope, just hanging out with my that's, dog. That's not true. You, you actually, like, you and Jerry are really good if I need a ride to the airport or anybody needs anything. You stop what you're doing and you help people. So you may not be getting paid by people, although I did leave you that $50 that one time. <laughs> um, but you, you are very generous with your time to help other brothers with whatever they need, a ride or moving or whatever. So although you're not working a paid job. Um, it's kind of, it's interesting though, because now that I'm retired, I'm actually more busy than I was <laughs> when I wasn't retired. So like you said, there's a lot of things that people, you know, ask for and I have time. So. And you're helping, help you know, them. relatives, relatives, friends, stuff like family, that. Yes. So, so you're married. Yes. Have some kids. Married uh, for almost 30 years now. Got three kids. Kevin, my oldest, uh, he's about 28. Uh, and then Heaven, my daughter, my middle child. And then I have Ethan, who's my youngest. And, he's uh, 21. They all have, uh, well, two of them are starting uh, to be a first responder. Thank God they're not doing police. Exactly. That's so, you, so you talked them into, <laughs> did you talk them into doing fire or did they? Yes, uh, yes, I did. I told them to go that way instead of law enforcement. Because everybody loves a firefighter. Oh, yeah. And Even they, if you get arrested for arson, you're They get you're to loved. lift weights on duty. They Eat go to the duty. supermarkets and buy food. They get to go to all the sporting events with their big fire truck. I mean, it's amazing what yeah. they get away with. So, uh, so Kevin started the academy. No, Ethan, no, Ethan started, started. Uh, yes. last Monday, yes. right? So now he's in his second week. Second week now, yes. For Did the he tell Clark you County. I sent him a text? You know, no, I didn't. Yeah, did. I sent him a text and he responded. Awesome. Told him congrats and good luck. And so, um, yeah, so he started last week with Clark County. Clark County Fire, Fire yes. He was a explorer with them so he, that's where he wanted to stay i introduced him to a bunch of guys that i knew station 17 and 25 um so he kind of liked that culture so sure. he's like ah, i want to do clark county fire so and then and then uh well actually kevin was supposed to start but he didn't pass his uh cpap he waited until the last second and so CPAP, now CPAP, like a machine CPAP, oh, no cpap it's like a eight Eight obstacles that you have to do, like equipment carry, ladder raise. Um, you have to drag a dummy. So he didn't make it in time. It's like 10 minutes and 20 seconds that they give you. So he didn't make it. So he's going to um, try again. Mm. So, yeah, I think this is the second time he's uh, he hasn't been able to pass this thing. So we'll see. Is he just uh, needing to pick up time-wise? Yeah. I mean, time. he can do the events. He's strong. Yeah. Oh it's yeah, just, he's, he's a strong just, boy. It's just trying to get the timing. <laughs> well, it wasn't that he's um he took a month off from work to be ready for this, but he worked out all the way until the day before or two days before, so he got muscle fatigue the day of. Uh -huh. And he's a big boy. You've seen him. Okay, that <laughs> move that so it doesn't. So he just uh he didn't finish in time. So okay, but it's God's plan. Yeah, you know. Well, he'll get there. Yeah, he will. And then Heaven's um, doing like... Yeah, she's a scribe at the hospital. hospital. Yeah. The St. Rose 
hospitals, whatever they're a part of or whatever. Nice. And she's loving it. She's taking, well, she's studying now to take her test to, uh, to get accepted into medical school. Mm. So that's what she does on her off time, studying for that thing. Great. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. They're all great kids. I know them all and, uh, they're very awesome. And you got this yeah, amazing. Yeah, picked you up also. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One of them even picked you up with a pocket full of money. Yeah. <laughs> Quick story on that. I sold my truck, and we thought it was fake. So Tammy and I, for some reason, drove just the truck to the Smith's parking lot. And next thing I know, this unprepared guy unprepared for a cop. Yeah, right? un- unprepared. <laughs> I did have my gun, but because um, I thought it was fake. But this guy ended up buying my truck, and so in Tam- cash. Tammy had to run home, grab, I mean, she didn't even bring the bills, uh, the title or anything. So she had to run home, do that, grab a bag. We had to finish emptying the truck. And then I'm standing in the parking lot with a bag. Um, you know, I, I look like Linus, right? I got this bag full of the rest of the stuff from the truck. And then in the front of my shirt, I got $11,500 in cash. And then Tammy's standing there and she's like, how are we going to get home? I was like, that's a good question. So, uh, I and call, it was far from where they live. So I called Domingo and, uh, he made a call to his daughter and she came and picked us up. So yeah, that was hilarious. Yes, it was. Huh? Actually I didn't. I, I mean, he wouldn't let me anyhow, probably, no, but she wouldn't take it anyways. So, I mean, he had a fit when I left him the 50 that one time. Yes, I did. So, um, <laughs> But you know that was after like a lot of a lot of rides to the airport at <laughs> four and five in the morning, which I don't mind at all. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so then you got this amazing dog that's huge. Oh yeah, blue. So My what favorite. what type of dog is he? He is a golden doodle. Golden he's two doodle. years old. He's about seventy pounds, and he's like my son. You know, my kids are all grown, so I get to baby him. Yeah, they get mad because I buy him toys and I feed him like human food. You know, without seasoning, obviously, but. Yeah, well, now that uh, I have a dog, yep, we're feeding it like this rice uh, chicken. No, it looks kibble. like yeah, this this. What? It's called farmer's dog. Oh, gotcha. The food, so yeah. it's all fresh. Yeah, I think I'm spending more on the dog Organic. than my own food. <laughs> yeah. So, but whatever. So, yeah, it's crazy. So at um, twenty six. You decide to get on with Metro. You're living here now with Rocio, and you have a kid already now? Yes. Okay. Uh, so that'd be Kevin, because yes. he's the oldest. So you have Kevin, you're doing the construction, and then boom, you go through the academy. And uh, so tell me about the Metro's Academy. And Yeah, well, uh, originally I was, uh, I left, and I left the military, went back to L.A., I uh, wanted to be a cop over there, LA County Sheriff, LAPD. So I kind of tested for them. And while I was waiting, um, I came to visit Rocio here in in uh, Nevada. Um, and then she actually left with me when I went back. So we started our life together. And then while I was over there, I I had to get a job, right? Because I got her now. Um, so I started working for Craig and Auto Parts, which is the equivalent of O'Reilly okay. here. So did that, and I was still doing the uh, California National Guard. And uh, so I was waiting for the call from uh, LA County Sheriff, LAPD, MTA, 
you know, and I wasn't getting a call. So she got pregnant while we were over there. Um, and funny story, like it was the weekend warrior, you know, California National Guard, you go right, two days a right, month. Yeah. And then you have your one weekend, no, one week of a summer year. or something. Yeah. yeah. So I went for my uh, annual training, which is a week. And the first day I get there, right, we went to Fort Ord, get there. And then as soon as I get there, I start unpacking, right? They call me and they say, hey, your, your wife just went into labor. So I'm like, are you kidding me? I just got here. Like, and then one of the, I don't know what he was. I think it was a lieutenant colonel or a full colonel. He was headed back. So I hitched a ride with him, drove all night, right? And then I got here in the morning. My son was already born, so I missed his birth. Oh, um, yeah, but I saw Rocio, saw my baby boy for the first time. It was amazing. But, yeah, that's, that's a little funny story we have about how he was born, and I missed it because I was playing soldier on weekends. So Ord <laughs> or Irwin? It was Ord. Okay, because I would come from Colorado to, to Fort Irwin's the one off of the 15. Yes, right yeah. off the 15. Yeah, so we would come there in the summers for my for our training from Colorado gotcha. when I was in the Army. Yeah, this one we were going to Fort Ord for our training. So then you have the baby and you've moved. So is she born and raised here? No, she's, she's actually from, from L.A. also. Okay. But she was born in like the, you know, in L.A., but she lived grew up in the Echo Park area. So what brought you guys here? You had, she had family here then. Yes. Well, they had moved here when she was young. Okay. You know? So they were already here and we were over there. So then I wasn't getting a call. And then she came home. You to know, visit or something. Yeah, to visit. Okay. And then she told me the Metro was testing, Las Vegas Metro. So I'm like, you know what? I'll give them a shot. So we, she went back home, packed up everything, U-Haul, everything. And then uh, drove, drove to Nevada, tested. And back then, it's like a, a whole year that you had to do something. Like every month you did something. You did the physical fitness test one month. Then you did the oral board another month. And you did the, you know, whatever it is, uh, psych evaluation. So every month you did something. So it was a year-long process. So, you know, I got a job working construction, uh, concrete construction. Oh, I loved it. It was a great job. You know, we played softball on weekends, kind of hung out with the guys. You ain't after. playing softball no more. Nope. No, not no more. <laughs> Neither am I. Yeah, we both play together and now uh, we, injuries are piling up. <laughs> I retired from that, I think. I don't know. I might still play eventually again. But. Well, actually, uh, a friend of ours, Tony, just asked me <laughs> to go play with them this Sunday. Cause, or not Sunday, this um, when did, when did I help move? When did you guys go for dinner or the movie? The movie. Saturday. Saturday. So it was Saturday that he asked me to go play because that's when I helped uh -huh. another brother move. And I was like, I'll go watch you guys, but I ain't going to go play. So then I get home and I'm like, hey, I'm going to go watch uh, Micah, Gunner, and Tony play. And my wife was like, you're doing no such thing. Because <laughs> she knew that if they needed people, I was probably going to yeah, play. Help. Yeah. And you got a torn. <laughs> yeah, torn bicep and torn, torn bicep. rotator cuff. Wow. So, yeah, so that's, I didn't end up going and they did end up needing people. So, you know. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so came here, tested for Metro. They called me right away, said, hey, we got a spot for you. Join the academy. And while I'm in the Metro Academy, I'm like at my locker. And then I get a phone call. And it's Alley County Sheriff saying, hey, we got a spot for you. And this is like a year and a half later. I'm like, get out of here. That long. Yeah, I don't need you no more. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. So then I did 25 years. Um, uh, what we call is uh, I pushed the black and white, you know, patrol. 
So I was a beat cop for all 25. I did FTO a couple of times. And then when I got hurt, I helped out the detectives for about a year. So you never, you never really wanted to like be a sergeant or move up the ranks that way? Uh, I was a corporal in the army and I didn't want that responsibility because when we were in the military, like those are your guys. So if something happens to them, like it happens on your watch is what we call it. Right, right. You know, and I seen, you know, some of our friends didn't make it back. So the sergeant and above has to go contact the parents and say, hey, you know, your your son didn't make it back. And to me, I always felt that it was your responsibility, like the guilt. Like, you know what? I wasn't able to bring your son back. So mm. I didn't want that on my conscience being a police officer. You know, my wife. She gets mad at me all the time because I never tested. <laughs> She's like furious that I never tested. But that's one thing I didn't want. I didn't want nothing to do with uh, supervising. You know, I wanted to be a leader, not a supervisor, not a manager. And we'll talk about in part two of of some folks that have passed and stuff. And, yes. But during those 25 years, you did, uh, you did do FTO. And so you're, you know, giving your experience, showing, you know, other people. Um, how to do the job. Did yes. you uh, enjoy that part of it, training new officers? And uh, did you ever have officers that you wanted canned because they weren't good enough, but the freaking department still kept them on? <laughs> yes. I, I actually did FTO two separate times. Um, I did it first time early in my career. After about four or five years, we had an awesome sergeant that we worked for on Graveyard. She kind of moved like four or five of us up to swing shift, and we became her FTOs. Um, so I learned from some veteran guys, awesome dudes. One guy's still on the department, if I'm not mistaken. Way more time than me on it, he's still on. But, you know, I enjoyed it. I loved it because um, I'm a coach. You know, like I said, I coach baseball, basketball, football, so I like teaching. Um, so it came natural to me. Mm. Um, and I enjoyed it. And there were some head cases that you're just like are you kidding me you know and all you can do is write on there it's like hey like i don't think this guy should get moved on or girl and why don't these departments like i mean because this happened at unlv this has happened back home where you know they feel like this person should not pass and they document it and then they're like nah we're we're still gonna keep them <laughs> well it wasn't like that early like when i first started when my first part of it throwing it was way different if you didn't have what it takes um the sergeants we had at that time the lieutenant and captain they got rid of you mm. because we had some awesome ftos so our like our squad if you couldn't make it anywhere else they kind of sent you to our squad because we had some guys that can teach you and if you didn't make it there it was like if you can't make it with these guys like there's something wrong <laughs> so you know so they got and i wasn't part of that group like they didn't assign them to me because I was a rookie at the time, four or five years, which now they only have to have two years, three years on it to be FTOs. Like, so you never worked the strip and was never on uh, cops during those days where cops, you worked for the department then though, yes, right? Yes. Were I, you ever on cops? Do I need to I was go back the, and find I, an I was episode? On the, yeah, no, I was no. on the strip many times because we had to like um, saturate the strip. So that would take volunteers from like, the stations and then you work the strip right. for a night or whatever but i hated it you knew her, but you're never on the cop show and when cops came to me probably seven times because they were always in northeast and you have to sign a waiver thing and i'm like nope i'm not signing nothing so i was never actually 
part of cops. Like I didn't want my face plaster all yeah, over yeah, the place. Yeah. But then later on, I was actually in um, whatever the jail one is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's one that was in jail and there's a couple episodes where I'm on that. Because you're bringing someone in? Yes, at the jail. Oh, okay. So, and, and, you know, I get a lot of people from New York, my friends from New York. Hey, I saw your episode on, I forgot, I think it was jail. I think it was called jail. I saw your episode on jail, whatever, and then friends in California, hey, you were on TV again. And, you know, they love watching the replay. I got my little, you know, porno stash. It wasn't as thick as this one. It was kind of thin. <laughs> so during your 25 years, did you ever arrest anyone that was famous? Um, Not me. Not necessarily my arrest, but I was part of a few arrests with the celebrities. Like a friend of ours um, arrested Paris. She had a little bit of cocaine in her purse on the strip. And I mean, the whole department went ballistic. Like, how could you arrest? But, you know, this friend of mine. Did she actually get a ticket or? No, she went to jail. So it it would be, I don't want to like throw Hilton out. It would be like a record of it. So we're not. Oh, yeah, there's a record of it. You know, so she doesn't Um, sue. Yeah, no. Oh, shoot, that's right. So she didn't come back and sue us, but she was really arrested, and it's probably. I don't know if she was booked. Oh god! Yeah, go. I don't know yeah. if she was booked, but the friend of ours came in contact with her, and he, the way he related to us was she had cocaine on her, um, and but what I was getting to the point was this guy treated everybody the same. You could be a celebrity, you could be a homeless person, you could be a middle class person, and this guy treated everybody the same. You know, and that's that's, how you that's the it. policing that yeah. it should be because I have another friend that came in contact with uh, Zeke Elliott down at uh, the racetrack. I think it was what's that the big football concert? player? Your yeah. your cowboy yes, guy? Yes, cowboy oh, guy. Now he's a patriot. What's that that big show they have at the at the racetrack? Dancing and all that. Mm-hmm. In the summer. Uh, yeah, let's no, CDC. EDC. 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 Yeah. EDC. EDC. Okay. So you know, and they had a big because he didn't know. He's like a soccer fanatic. He has no idea about football. So he come in contract with Zeke. No crime. It's over. Mm. But they had a big uprising over that. Like, you got to call us when it's on somebody like that, you know? Mm. And I mean, I get it. Celebrity, you know, get ahead of whatever's going to happen. But he actually didn't do anything wrong. I think it was just somebody got pushed into a guardrail or something. He was in the area, contacted him. Nothing happened. Um, and that's the kind of thing that I like, like treat everybody the same celebrity, homeless, doesn't matter. You know, you shouldn't treat celebrities any different than you do a homeless person. Now, during these 25 uh, years, were you, uh, a Jesus follower or not during your police career? I've always been a, a believer in Jesus. Um, we were up at the mountain and, uh, one of the pastors got up there and said he was a recovering, uh, catholic yeah 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 <laughs> so and that stuck with you yeah, yeah that, you thought that I was hilarious that, yeah because uh, you're you're a recovering yes, catholic i'm a recovering no, we're not catholic. making fun of i'm not making catholic, fun of catholicism but, but, but i'm just saying i'm a recovering catholic i came from being raised in the catholic church um came to vegas right and it just wasn't doing it for me as far as um you know trying to get on the right path with the lord so um i found you know i Went to a couple Mormon church. It wasn't for me either. For a, a lot of friends of mine were Mormons at the time. They're still my friends, and they're still Mormon. But um, yeah, they're great people. Yeah, it just didn't great people. It just didn't jive with me. Right, right. So then I kept looking around, and then um, 
my sister-in-law was actually going to a church called Central. Um, biggest, it's the biggest church in Vegas in right Vegas. now. And this is before it was the biggest church. Oh, okay. It was before the location where they're at now. This is before oh, wow. that. So, you know, we went with them. Well, not with them, but we went to Central because of them. Mm -hmm. um, and I loved it. I loved the whole atmosphere. I loved everything about it. Like, you know, come as you are. You know, you don't have to, like, hide anything or be a, just uh, ashamed or whatever. Um, so I started going to church, but I really didn't dive into it, you know. And uh, and then after whatever it was, four or five years, you know, my son, Kevin, started going to Hope Church. So he invited me to go to Hope Church. So was that before or after Patrick left? Because Patrick was at Central. Yes, Pat I met Patrick had, at Central. And you knew him at yes, Central. at Central. But he had, had he left... He left before it was you went Yeah, it was around all, the same time. Okay. Yeah. So I met him. I met him, Pastor Patrick, the pastor from Hope. Um, he was at Central, and he did a ride-along with me because he was uh, he was our— um, He was chaplain. Chaplain of our, for our department at our station. Um, so he did a ride-along with him. Uh, felt comfortable. Um, How is that having a chaplain ride-along with you? Oh, I love it because I have another chaplain that used to ride with me all the time before— Patrick, and he became a really good friend of ours, and his church was in our area, right mm. off of um, like Nellis and uh, what is that street? Harmon, Nellis and Harmon, great church there, awesome guy. He's one of those guys that gets on those airplanes with no numbers and has to go into uh that little area that doesn't exist, mm. Area Fifty One or whatever. Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like, he, he like other than him, did you get like back home? We did a lot of ride-alongs, right? Because we. We were the sheriff's office. We were by ourselves. Most of the deputies didn't want ride-alongs, so the sergeants, before I became a sergeant, always had me take the ride-along people. But did Metro really have, like, a ride-along program? Yes. They, oh, okay. they have a huge ride-along okay. program. Because um, I see they ride double a lot now. No. no. But oh, When I left, it was still single. Okay. But um, we do have a lot of ride-alongs for, like, prospective um, applicants, um, people in, like, you know, church okay. or, you know, NAACP or any of that that wants to see what we do, not just hear about what we do. Um, and I, I've taken a lot of people on ride-alongs because, like, when they're in the briefing room, they're already intimidated, number one, right? And then you have all these guys with 20 years on, and then they see a, the person in the back, and automatically they assume it's a ride-along. Mm. So they come in, I was like, I'm not taking him, I'm not taking her. You better find somebody else, you know. Just, yeah, cops don't like no, people they don't riding like people in, in the their car with them. That's enough routine, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I don't know if it's that or they want to be able to do their own thing. Well, that's what I'm saying, messing up the routine because- Well, like, is it a routine? There's yeah. phone calls to yeah. make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you got to do your bills on the phone or whatever it is you do during your downtime. Yeah, yeah. You know, so- Meet, meet like, a badge bunny or yeah, something. Yeah, and then you got to talk to your kids and your wife. You don't want this yeah. person you're only going to see for one right. day hearing that. It's funny though. I uh, I had a guy speaking of ride alongs. I had a, a guy named Roger. He was a canine from um, Australia, and he actually wanted to ride with a canine at our department. But we then no one was no canines were working. My brother was off. He was a canine at the time, so he rode with me, and we hit it off. That like an hour into our shift, I drove to my house because I had to go to the bathroom or something. He met my wife, and to this day, literally, we are great friends he was just here uh, awesome. for a motorcycle gang thing he's like in this you know 
conference or something. It's like a, yeah, he comes here for a canine conference, but then he's in a motorcycle. Group. I don't want to call it a gang. The group. Know. Yeah. Yeah. The motorcycle group. That's a, a good group. Right. For law enforcement. They, yeah. It's something to do with that. And, um, so, um, all right. So this weekend we had the Super Bowl here. Moving right along. Super big Bowl. event, <laughs> big event, right? Yeah. Um, and we'll talk about some events in uh, part two that you, you worked at, but, yeah. uh, this weekend, you know, I was there, I had, you know, I worked it for church, uh, about 55 of us worked it and, um, yeah, but how many were supposed to be there? Uh, about a hundred, <laughs> I think about a hundred originally signed yeah, once up. Once they found out the start time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 5 a.m. to 10 p.m. My wife said I'm out. So, so she didn't do it, but I did, but you know, they said we were going to get a bomber jacket. The jacket they gave us on the back says, you know, uh, event services. So who's going to wear that jacket? Not you me. <laughs> so now I got to try to put a patch over it. Oh, um, just wait for the next Super Bowl and get in. But the sheriff was there. He had his posse, you know, his two, three people with him walking. Um, big event, 62,000 people. I ran into my neighbor, uh, ran into a buddy from California, which I would have never thought I'd run into. Yeah, them with but according 000. to your wife, you run into somebody everywhere you I, go. You know, I do. Everywhere. I do. I literally, <laughs> one time I was 15 and my my dad, my stepmom, my stepbro and I, we were at uh, Grand Old Opry and we were at some of thing over there. And on one of those, you know, those sky, the things that take you like from one part of the park to the other. Oh, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. The little box thing you sit in. Yeah. We're going. And I see, all of a sudden, I saw a guy that was in my high school at the time. <laughs> I'm like, eh, as we're passing each other. So, yeah, my wife knows. I do. So he run. was in the other car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Way. We do run into a lot. I do run into a lot of people. Wow. So, anyhow, it was a fun event. You got that Safe event. Um, it was great. And um, so, uh, Jerry, you said our time's like up or no? No? Okay. Okay, so he'll let us know story time. So so I'm at this game, having fun. I did get kicked out of the suite area because I was recording, but not, not anybody. Celebrities. I wasn't at the time. I really wasn't. I mean, I did prior to that. You know, big uh, John Williams, right? Yeah. So he was there taking a picture of Brittany Mahomes, and, and this lady who eventually kicked me out saw us doing that, said, hey, you're not supposed to do that. But then later I was recording, uh, you know, an actual football player on the field. Um, yeah, the and, Walter Payton Award. Yeah, and she freaking yelled at me and said I got to stop. So I never went back to the suites. But, um, you know, it, it was fun. My feet were killing me by the time I got off work. But um, <laughs> Did they feed you? That's the most important part. The f they did. It was like a little bit of lasagna, but that was it. I mean, literally one little meal. For seven, six, well, we ended up being 15 and a half hours. Five to 10 a, and only one I ended meal. up having to buy my own soda. I, I had to have a soda at one point. I've been off a of soda for a long time, but I did have a soda. And, um, I mean, that thing was like nine bucks for a dollar fifty soda. Wow. Because the stadium was jacking up the prices on everything. Yeah. Um, story time. So <laughs> we end every podcast, right? We try to with a story. You can come up with a ghost story if you want, like Jerry. Um, <laughs> or, you know, obviously being a cop for 30 years, I <laughs> usually do a cop story. So do you have a uh, a good cop story that you want to 
tell people about? Yeah, I got actually a few, a okay. few stories. Well, we'll I'm gonna stay we'll on one the, with uh, this one and one with part two. Sounds so. good. Um, I'm gonna stay with the funny side, stay away from the gory and okay. all that other stuff. But um, yeah, the graduated the academy. We got assigned a graveyard, as I said before. Uh, a part, my partner was a guy that was in the academy with me. Um, he's from Northern California, and we hit it off. So he actually coached uh, my son football, black okay. football with me. So we were close. Um, so anyways, we're partners, and we get a call from uh, whatever the adult CPS is. You know, you have the child protective service, and then you have the people that protect the adults, the elderly adults. So anyways, they give us a call. So we come to the apartment, and it's off of, like, Charleston and Marion area. All right? So northeast. Uh, and it's multi multi apartment complex. So we get there. You know, the lady's standing right in front of the apartment, right? She lets us know what's going on. You know, she's an attractive lady. So, um, and that comes into play later on. But, <laughs> but when I get there, I start smelling around the edges of the windows. Right? It's got two windows, and it's got. And for non cop people, we're doing that yeah, for smell, a reason to yes. see if it to see if we smell death. Yeah, exactly. Okay. To see if we smell. Well, what? What was the call that came? It was. It was a. It was oh, probably a. Yeah, just, uh, just in, check the welfare. Check the welfare because they haven't. Elder. Yeah, they haven't spoken to the elderly client, and I think it was a couple of weeks. So you're smelling to see if yeah. The, so I'm smelling around the windows. Don't smell, smell death. anything. Yep. Smell around the door frame. Nothing. So I go back to the windows, and I don't see any flies on either the flies window. Flies will yeah. appear when they're dead for yeah. a little while. So it's like okay, I'm I'm zero for two, like. You know what's going on, and then so me and my partner get together, and like I said, we're rookie cops. It's like we don't know how far we can take this. Break a window, so dumb and in. dumber, or yeah. getting in the way here. <laughs> yeah, it's like I mean, we're we're kind of um gung ho cops. You know, he's Air Force, I'm Army. So it was like, you know, was, oh, if we get to break this door down. Well, <laughs> let me in on this. So, but we didn't know if we could take it that far. We're like, oh man, like, do we break the door in? Do we call fire to let us in? Like, we don't know what we're going through it. So then I think about it and I'm like, wait a minute. So I asked the lady, I'm like, have you checked the door? And then she's like, ah, uh, no. So then I go to the door and it's got like a screen first. So I open the screen and I'm like, bing, yes, got that door. I'm like, if we have to kick any doors, only going to be one, you know? So then try the second door. It opens. Yes. We're so in. now you're gonna have some listeners thinking that you are illegally going into this house. Well, we're not because we're there on a call by this lady, right? The one that takes care of the adult, elderly adults. So we already have standing at that apartment, right? We're there to check the welfare, so we can break windows, break doors to get in and check the person because you can't see him through the windows or door. But what about if he was just on vacation and you broke down his door? Then that's why you have a key, which I think they have keys to the apartments yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> but she didn't have a key. <laughs> no key. Okay. She didn't have any. So you, the door's I, open. Remind, remind you, I'm graveyard. This lady's graveyard. So it's like, this isn't like in normal eight to five. You know, you can't just call someone to get a key or whatever. Oh, okay. So it's in the middle <laughs> yeah, of the so night. It's in the middle of the night. So anyways, the doors are open. So we're allowed to go in, checking the welfare. Um, you know, it's got a living room, kitchen. You announce yourself so that yeah. they know. Exactly. But you're we there. a couple times. Metro police, you know, if you're in here, sound off to the sound of my voice. Walk to my sound of my voice. You know, go through that spiel because we don't want anybody shooting us. And then we don't have to want to have to shoot someone back if they start shooting at us. So, um, so we make entry, 
clear the living room, clear the kitchen, clear the bedroom, clear the bathroom, you know, and finally the last bedroom, right? We get in there, we got our flashlights. So there's a bed like in the middle of this bedroom, like towards the wall. And we see this elderly male on top of the bed and he's faced away from us and he's completely naked. So he's on his side. Yes, he's on his side, completely naked. And I'm like, and he's, you know, he's like malnourished. So it looks like to us, you know, his skin is like taut on his bones. And we're like, oh man, this guy's dead. Like he's dead. Um, so we walk around the front. My partner's first, you know, because when we come in, he goes, he went left, I went right. So he, he was naturally in front and I wasn't behind him. So we come up next to him, we see his face, you know, and he's got his eyes open and his mouth open. You know, he's just kind of laying there with his mouth and eyes open. <laughs> so then, you know, I don't know why we didn't check his pulse on the neck or on his arm. Um, but my partner starts like leaning in towards him and me being engaged. I was like leaning in towards with him. Like, what are we doing here? So then he leans in towards him. We're trying to see if he's still breathing, if we can hear it, you know, or feel it or whatever. And then as we're getting in close, I mean, and we're about 10 inches away. So he gets in close, and then all of a sudden, the gentleman just, like, yells, Oh! So, like, I get so scared, so I push my partner towards him, and then I just run out of that bedroom. Well, as I'm running out, the lady's walking in. So now in my head, I'm thinking, man, this is embarrassing. So I kind of stop, and I'm like, hey, how you doing, man? Everything's good. He's alive. And then as soon as she passes me, I keep running right out that door. So you left your partner in there. I left my partner in there, but he didn't fall on him. And the elderly man was okay. He kind of like, you know, reached over with his other arm, embraced himself, you know, and then he stayed there, obviously, because the lady had to come in and check on him. Um, so he was fine. And then I walked, I ran out of there and I walked, I ran out of there and yeah, it was kind of like, Whoa, like he scared the living daylight. So cops are supposed to run towards and you ran. Oh yeah. Well, think about it. He's naked. He's not a threat. Yeah. I'll do mail. Not a threat. So why'd you run? Cause you can't do nothing to ghosts. (laughs) Right, Jerry? You can't do nothing to ghosts. What are you going to do? You thought he was a ghost. I don't know what he was. All I know is that in my brain, I was 100% sure he was dead. So did you learn anything that day? He survived. He lived and he spoke, right? So now in your brain, you're thinking, oh, this guy's dead. This guy's dead. We're going to have to call coroner. We're going to have to do the dead body report. And then you to hear him yell like that, like, I'm pretty sure you would have done the same thing. I don't know. (laughs) all right well folks you heard it here domingo on his first uh possibly dead body uh ran from the non-dead body live to fight another day so um so again uh he's our special guest uh for part one and part two coming up so uh hit the like hit the subscribe share it with your friends family let your family know let your friends know uh, peace out Thank you for listening to Real Men Unscripted with Derek and Jerry. 